Coming to you live from WTHI Delsey Studios in sunny Los Angeles, California, the Hush Hush Society presents Declassified Discussions with Slick Frank Sanders and the Molly Wop Band. Featuring a special guest, and here's your hosts, Mystery Mike and Declassified Dave. Thank you, thank you all for joining us at the Declassified Discussions. Tonight we have an Australian activist, veteran researcher, filmmaker, political activist, artist, musician, international speaker, and author of Earth's Forbidden Secrets. He has also produced two full-length films, The Awakening in 2011 and Transformation in 2012, both of which have been viewed by millions of people worldwide. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Max Egan. Nice to be here, guys. Thanks for asking me on. Thanks for coming on, Max. We really appreciate it. Max, what do you say we jump right into your thoughts on the pandemic and what it could possibly be a precursor for? The pandemic is is about depopulation. I mean, this has been a long planned event. Depopulation and control of those who are left. They're moving us into a smart AI control grid. I mean, everything that I said in my last film, Transformation, when I talked about how they're going to genetically modify us from the inside out and basically hook us up to the mainframe, That's exactly what they're doing with this uh, alleged pandemic. And like I said, they're getting rid of the old people, killing off the old people with midazolam and things like this. And the real target here is the children. They want the kids growing up into this new world without any reference point for what the old world looked like. And that's something else that I've said for for so many years is that's the danger is that the children growing up are going to have no reference point for what freedom looked like. You know, once you take these things out of the human psyche, it's like, like trying to describe a blue blue sky to someone who can't see color and doesn't know what what the word blue means you're trying to explain freedom to someone that's never never known the concept of it they've never seen anything outside freedom of choice you know choice between what flavored bagel you'd like but no choice between what sort of life you'd like you know so that's the danger of what we're moving into and that's the real target i mean this has been a an ongoing thing for over 100 years this plan and it's all culminating to this point. And uh, we're, in, we're, we're standing on a knife edge right now. Um, the future that is going to come out of this, you know, if we're not very careful, it'll be a complete dystopia. Personally, I think the world's going to split in two. I think society's going to split in two. And uh, I see this as an opportunity for us to really get back in touch with what it means to be human because the system they're creating, the AI slavery system, which is what this is all about, this whole pandemic. I mean, it's designed to break down the middle class, destroy all small businesses, get everybody dependent upon government into a welfare state, because when you're dependent on government, then you've got to do what you're told and lead them into this smart grid where everybody's tracked and traced and controlled under the pretext of keeping them safe from viruses, you know. It's a system that is so anti-life and so anti-human that uh, humans will not be able to survive within the parameters of that system. So eventually it's going to kill its own food supply. So, you know, what we can do at the moment, the best thing we can do at the moment, I think, to um, get out of the situation we're in, I mean, it's going to run its course. So the best thing we can do is navigate ourselves into a position where we can come out the other side reasonably unscathed 
and uh, create a new world from there because uh, it's it's going to go where it's going to go now. The damage has already been done, you know? Yeah. One of the things that I've noticed as of late is this, like you said, there's a split and you have this this camp of people that wholeheartedly believe in the government and what they're doing. And this is worldwide, uh, not just localized to America or Australia or Mexico even. You have these two camps of people. You have one that wholeheartedly believes in everything the government is doing. Take your boosters, take your extra shots. You're going to be okay. They're going to take care of you. And then you have the opposite of that. You have a group of people that know the history of their governments and they know the history of the world that they live in. And nine times out of 10, the government does not have your best interest in mind. And there's always an end game and there's always something else that they are looking to leech from you and looking to control from you. And we're in a time right now, especially with the pandemic, where we've given more control of ourselves and our freedoms over to the government than ever before. And like you said, it's, it's a knife edge. It's, it's, it could fall either way. And I feel like hopefully, hopefully I'm, I'm hopeful that the, the side that knows their history and knows what governments are all about will, uh, will, will come out on top. Well, um, like I said, the people, the people who've had the jab, I mean, these people are going to die. They've killed themselves. So, Within the next three to seven years, you're going to find a lot of these people gone. And that's that's where it's going to be the telling part. I mean, you know, like I said, the system isn't going to have the food it needs in order to survive. The danger is the kids coming up through the system. You know, mm. the kids coming up are going to have no reference point. And th- this whole thing that's been put into the youth and the last, you know, you, no respect for your elders, the old fuddy-duddies don't know what's going on. You know, don't listen to your parents or anything like that. You know, we need young, strong, new, vibrant people in the, you know, all this shit that they do to try to promote this concept to the kids that they're far more adult than they actually are. I mean, you don't really know what's going on in the world until you get to a certain age and you can see it. You know, you've got to have lived through it to be able to see it. And so, you know, it's getting to that point where society is going to split in two, but you're going to have to have... um, all your life skills, you're going to have to really get out there and, and become a human being again and, and detach from the system completely in order to um, survive what's coming. Because all the kids that have had the, the jabs and they're all tracked and traced and all of this sort of stuff, I mean, it's pretty freaky what they're doing. It, it's it's two complete um, different humanities that they're creating here. You know, we have actual humanity of the pure bloods and then you'll have these these transhumanists who are all being hooked up to the mainframe. And, you know, a lot of them are having, even the thoughts they're having, it's like a hive mind has already been created through these people. God knows what they're putting into them, graphene, nanotechnology, all the stuff we've seen in the jabs. And it's remarkable how many people are just going along with it. The the level of mass hypnosis. I didn't think they would really um, get this many people so quickly. I thought humanity was a little bit more awake than, than what it is. But uh, the mass hypnosis that we're seeing, it's, it's been very, very sobering to see how easily they've gotten away with this. And like you say, you give them a little bit of power. You can't give governments this much power and expect them to ever relinquish the power. That's the problem with these people. You, know, you give them a little bit and they'll, they'll just keep taking. They'll, they'll 
take a mile inch by inch if you give an inch to them. That's just what they do. And uh, it's, it's been very sobering to see this. But it is waking a lot of people up as well. I mean, a lot of people who did have faith in government, that faith is now beginning to break down because a lot of people are actually getting sick from the jab. They haven't rolled it out as quickly as they wanted to. And so there's a lot of people that have held off and they're seeing a lot of people around them getting sick. And these people who are getting sick, I mean, some of them are still believing in the jab, even though it's made them sick, but some of them are waking up to the fact that they've been poisoned. But the mind, mind control is incredible. I mean, you must have seen it. Some people, they've had two or three jabs and they go to hospital, they've got all sorts of problems. And they say, well, thank God I had the jab because if I hadn't had the jab, I'd be so much sicker in here. It's incredible. Yeah. Then They can't even put it through their head that, no, it's the jab that's put you in there to begin with. So, I mean, you've just you've got to shake your head at these people. In a way, they're doing us a favour. I mean, a lot of the people they're, they're culling through this are very, very stupid people, obviously. And um, they're getting them to commit suicide, a lot of the a lot of the. Um, I don't know, these, these unintelligent people. Even when you look at this, you call it a genocide. It's not really a genocide. They're actually getting people to commit suicide and remove themselves from the equation. But the way they're controlling the children and leading them into this mainframe is very bad. So it's a, it's a really interesting situation that we're seeing here. Is there someone behind this? There are groups like the New World Order, the Illuminati, Bohemian Grove, even Skull and Bones. Who do you think is responsible for this entire situation that we're in? Well, they're all, all of those groups are all linked together. You know, Club of Rome, Bilderbergers, you know, Bohemian Grove people, Skull and Bones, all this stuff, they're all, they're all linked together. All these secret societies have other secret societies above them. You know, to what we would call the Illuminati, which is is just thirteen families ultimately at the top who run the banking system, and that um, the whole thing is linked together by Freemasonry. Like I said, there's all these different secret societies that all work together for an ultimate goal. I think there's probably some form of competition up there at the top as well. But you know who they are. Ultimately, it's us. We're the ones doing all this. And they put all these secret societies out there so you've got all these different people to point the finger at so you can argue about it. I think it's the Jews. Oh, I think it's the Jesuits. Oh, I think it's the Freemasons, you know. Get you to argue about it. Really, it's us. The whole system that's been put in place by these nefarious people now is being run by the economic model. When you look at what's happening, how we're being moved into this um, smart dystopia whereby everything's going to be tracked and traced this is all now being run by the technology companies themselves and they're running it because of the economic gain that they're going to make through rolling out this technology there may well have been certain people nefarious people you know a certain jewish cabal certain jesuits certain freemasons who put certain things in place but now, I mean, you could go and take all those people out. You could kill everybody that you think is part of one of these secret societies and the system will still go where it's designed to go because what's running it now is the economic system. These different companies putting out these different microchips, these different technologies, 5G, different communication systems, different tracking systems because they can see a need for them in this uh, pandemic dystopia. And it's they can say, well, if I get this tech out first, I'll, I'll make billions of dollars from it. And that's the carrot that draws them in. They think the economic system's real. So it's got to the point of blaming anyone. It's got past that point. It's got to the point now where it's the technology itself and the economic value of the technology that is driving the system towards its ultimate conclusion. If people are still buying these smartphones and still getting these track and trace things and still scanning in with QR codes, then it's going to go where it's going to go. 
And that's all been driven by politicians who have dollar signs in their eyes, who are ultimately working for these big tech companies. So it's kind of gone past that point of blaming anyone. Now we have to blame ourselves because we are the ones that are using this tech. We are the ones that are going and having these jabs. We are the ones who are signing in with QR codes and all this sort of stuff. I've never signed in with a QR code. I don't have a smartphone. I just don't do any of this stuff. I've never worn a mask. I've never complied with any of this. And if people stop doing that, it would go away. And that's really the only thing that's going to stop it from this point. Like I said, you take them all down. It's the, it's the economic system itself. You know, people are kept in a state of scarcity and a state of shortage by this deprivation of, of money, you know, because they're deprived of all the things around them. They've got to go and collect money to have access to the world around them. And that's what drives this now. You know, once you keep people in a state of scarcity for a couple of generations, then you create this this technology sort of um, roller coaster ride that we're on here, and people see little little bits of gain they can get there, personal gain for themselves. They can suddenly make a few million dollars or a couple of billion dollars or whatever. That's what drives it. And so you know, you get they're going to get in there. Their greed's going to want them to get in there and get that because then they can have that oyster, and the, you know, the world will be their oyster, which is all a scam. You know, because I know people that have gone in there, done the whole thing, ridden the whole business model, ended up billionaires and climbed to the top of the pile. And when they get there, they go, well, there's nothing here. The world hasn't changed. It's just they sell you this dream. But it, money doesn't buy happiness, but people think it does. And so that's kind of what's driving it now, you know. So, I mean, I, I've gone past pointing the finger at anybody. I can go back and look at these secret societies and what they've done. And I find a lot of people want to have someone to blame because they want to participate in their two minutes hate every day because it makes them feel better to point their finger at someone else and say, it's them, it's them. We need to kill all of those guys, you know. But then what's that going to do? Nothing's going to change. If we don't change our perspective and change how we're interacting with the world, how we're interacting with the people around us and what we're giving our attention to, what we're spending our money on, then nothing's going to change, you know. I also just saw this quote from you and found it incredibly interesting. The world of today is run by governmental systems populated by psychopaths, hell-bent on either enslaving the entire human species or leaving this earth as a scorched and polluted graveyard in their wake. Well, that pretty well sums it up. That's what's going on here. I mean, you can't trust these people. And if you look at the track record of the rulers of our world, it becomes pretty obvious what they're doing and where they're taking us. So, yeah. Just to switch gears here for a minute, you're an Australian native, and right now you're currently living in Mexico. What what kind of spurred that that uh, that decision? Just an intuitive thing. I had a feeling that I was going to be used for some sort of nefarious purpose. That so it would have been more dangerous for me to stay in Australia than what it was for me to leave the country at the time, the end of last year. Not just dangerous for me, but dangerous for the resistance in Australia. I'm a pretty high-profile figure in Australia, and I have a lot of connections. And I was looking at all these sort of dots and connecting all these dots, and I was thinking, I'm a perfect person to set up as a patsy. <laughs> and I just had this intuition that I, I should leave the country. And then... Um, I had a little couple of promptings that because I, I was having this intuitive feeling for about a month that I need to leave. It's going to be very bad if I stay. And uh, I was kind of ignoring it. Then a couple of things happened and, and prompted me to, okay, you should listen to your intuition. So I did. I, I left and I got out and I managed to slip through the cracks and get out of Australia before they needed vaccine passports or any of that sort of stuff. Got through the United States before they needed any vaccines to enter. Got into Mexico two days before they changed the visa requirements into Mexico. Wow. And then when, once I got into Mexico, 
about a week or 10 days after I arrived here, the police went and raided my house in Australia. They shut my bank accounts down. They shut my PayPal down, my Patreon. Jesus. They did all this stuff to me just after I left, like two weeks after I left. And I thought, well, that's amazing. Um, so here I am in Mexico. I think they were going to set me up as a patsy. They've been really trying to um, push this whole concept of right-wing extremism in Australia. And it seemed to be the next logical step domestic terrorists okay it's the truth movement well who's been the most prominent voice in the truth movement for the last 15 years in australia well that would be me and they recently gave me a shooter's license as well i applied for a shooter's license a couple of years ago it took them like 14 or 16 months or something to actually grant that license to me and i wondered when they gave me my shooter's license in june last year i thought that's odd I've suddenly, they've approved this license that I had already forgotten about. I thought, no, that's it. They're not going to approve it, you know, but they did. They never approved the PTAs for me to go and pick up any weapons I'd bought. So I thought, well, why have they approved my shooter's license? And then all this stuff started happening. When I got got here and after they'd raided my house and I thought, okay, well, they could have easily set me up as a, as a right-wing extremist. Look, he had a shooter's license. He had access to gunpowder, all sorts of stuff. It set me up with homemade weapons or whatever. They could have used me as a perfect example because here's a guy who's been outside the system his whole life, never voted, never paid taxes, never never been part of the system, haven't filled out any forms for anything that the government wants me to fill out. So he's a perfect example of why we need to tighten up the regulations. Here's this guy who managed to get to 64 years old. He's outside the system. He's managed to get a firearms license, all this sort of stuff. And all the people that I know, I've been in contact with just about you know the entire resistance in Australia. So they could have painted all of them as right-wing extremists as well. If they get to paint me with that brush, they get to paint everybody I've associated with with that brush. Then they get to bring in their new domestic terrorist laws or you know, start using them and all that sort of stuff. Paint the truth movement as a bunch of um, anti-Semitic right-wing extremists. Because I speak out about Israel quite often. You know, I tell people there's a certain Jewish cabal in there, but they don't listen to that. They just hear the fact that you speak out about Israel, so therefore you're anti-Semitic, Holocaust-denying, a right-wing extremist, whatever they can paint you as, the media will do the rest. And then suddenly everybody that I know in Australia is painted with the same brush. And it would be too good an opportunity for them not to have done that if they had arrested me. Wouldn't it just been a, an arrest this guy and take him in for a few questions and release him a few days later? It would have been too good an opportunity for them because of the contacts that I've had and the way they've just given me free reign to do what I want to do for the last 15 years. I mean, I'm amazed they haven't shut me down before because of some of the stuff that I say. I've often wondered why they allow me to get away with what I'm doing. And uh, then it got to that point where I thought, okay, I think I can see their plan. And uh, it was kind of confirmed by the fact that they raided me um, two weeks after I left. And since I left, I've seen all these attempts at um, finding someone they can paint as a right-wing extremist in Australia. And I, I think, yeah, okay, I was uh, I was right. Spirit was was correct in guiding me to leave. So so here I am. I mean, I hope to get back there one day soon. Mm. I don't intend on staying in Mexico, but it's where I am for now. Yeah, I've seen your uh, your BitChute channel and the videos that you post pretty pretty much uh, every other day. And you, you go deep into a lot of the, the media media control and what they're putting out as the quote official narrative. But I, I want to ask about, you know, because you're still kind of in tune with everything that's going on in Australia. What do you think about these, I guess, branded as re-education camps that are populated now, you know, where they send the unvaccinated? Do you have any information on those? 
Well, quarantine centres, they're calling us. all being done for our health, of course. Uh, quarantine centres to protect us from COVID. No re-education centres. That, that sounds very dystopian. How would you say that? The government <laughs> loves you. you know? <laughs> I bet they do. <laughs> yeah, they can't They can't do all this stuff. They can't, they can't, they have got no money to fix education. They've got no money to fix this. They've got no money to fix that. Yet they've got all of these billions of dollars that they can spend on quarantine centres. All around the world. Of course, you've already got FEMA camps all through the United States. They don't need to build any there. They built them for you guys, you know, 10, 15 years ago. We're so lucky. <laughs> oh, you're so lucky. But they've, they've built these all through England. They've built them through Canada. They're building them all across Australia. These are quarantine centres. And now they're sort of pretending to roll back some of these COVID restrictions in some countries. Yeah, but they're still building these huge quarantine centres. They're not building them for nothing. Even even the people that are coming back to, the travellers coming back to Australia, they've, they've just said that the the, uh, the well camp, you, you can't make this shit up, well camp. What? Know? What the fuck? So Orwellian, <laughs> well camp. Come to the well camp quarantine centre. We'll make you well, you know. But the first international travellers coming back to Australia, they just announced the other day that well camp has its first inmates, they called them. Inmates. Oh, jeez. That's bizarre. <laughs> That's an interesting word for a quarantine centre. You're an inmate, are you? No, that's a, that's a prison term. Same as lockdown. Same as everything they're doing. So these are for all the unjabbed people eventually. That's what they're going to do. They're also bringing in in Australia now random COVID tests, like a random breath test. Pull you over, blow into the bag. Oh, you have COVID. We're going to have to take you away and quarantine you. Leave your car on the side of the road here. You can imagine where they're going to go with this. You know, people can just disappear while they're out shopping because the government gave them a random COVID test and decided to test them positive because they were possibly a person of interest and we want to get them off the street, you know. So the sky's the limit with what they're doing with this and and they're showing you the model in Australia. They don't care about the people there at all. They're showing you the model. They're building these camps and they're just doing it. Now, with all the stuff that they're rolling back in other places, they're certainly not rolling back anything in Australia. So, yeah, freaky stuff, really freaky stuff. Scary shit indeed. But while we're on the subject of COVID, we got to ask what your thoughts are on the possible links from 5G to COVID. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the stuff we're seeing is a result of 5G, a lot of the the sickness, because people are getting sick now. I've got friends in Australia who are saying that uh, people are getting sick now. And it isn't just the jabbed who are getting sick, it's the unjabbed as well. There's talk that the jabbed are shedding this spiked protein. I don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of it is 5G. Even when you look at the, the work of um, was it Dr. Cowan, where he talks about how, how we've had these plagues whenever they've changed radio frequencies. We had, a, we had an alleged plague when they first introduced radar. Then we had another one when they introduced radio, or it might have been radio, then radar. Then we had another one when they introduced uh, Wi-Fi. And now we've got another one when they're introducing 5G, which is the millimeter wave. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if that's what's going on. And 5G, I mean, 5G is for the AI system. 5G isn't for people. It's not for humans. You won't notice a difference between the type of bandwidth you've got now and the type of bandwidth you'll get from a millimeter wave from the 5G system. And 5G, people think of 5G, they think of it as this, this demonic thing. 
5G is just fifth generation of communication, fifth generation of mobile communication, which is the switch from a, a normal uh, radio type signal wave to a millimeter wave, which is military grade technology. And it's it's a type of wave that can target people. It can target you individually, pick you out of a crowd. So when, when you're getting a signal on your cell phone with 5G, it's sending it directly to your cell phone. It's not a not like you're picking up an ambient signal in the air. It's a wave that's you know beamed direct to your cell phone. So so it's, it's targeting technology. They can target your body. They can target organs in your body. They can target you. They could change your emotions, put voices in your head or whatever, pick you out of a crowd, and no one else will, will experience what you're experiencing. They can do that. They can, this is why they want the swabs. They can get the swabs and they can get your DNA profile. Then they can use 5G to target you and, and make you sick, make you whatever turn you into a raving lunatic if they want, turn you into a mass murderer. They can do all sorts of shit with this. All you've got to do is go and look at some of the MIT studies, look at some of the lectures that have happened at um, at West Point where they've talked about um, how the brain is the new battlefield and they've talked about the possession experiment, how they can literally take control of people's motor functions through this type of technology. So that's, that's what the 5G system is all about. And maybe they're running field tests on people. Maybe this is why we're seeing uh, random people having spasms and, and st stuff like this. We don't know. And it could just be the ambient wave as well, like the whole switching on 5G. There's certain people who are far more susceptible to electromagnetic frequencies than others. And you might find that people are going to get sick and drop us. So, of course, they've got to have a cover story like there's a, a new flu, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it could, could well be. 5G that's causing a lot of these problems and uh, and COVID is the cover story for it. Yeah. I saw your video that you posted with that actual clip in it about the mind being the new battlefield. You know, I forget the doctor's name, but he was presenting it to a group of soldiers and talking about how that was going to be the new forefront for how they were going to control people and attack people. So it's actually kind of scary that the military is putting this information out and now it's such a thing that they're teaching soldiers about it. And that was in 2018, that, that talk was in 2018. And the other one that I've had, um, I think at the same conference, was a, a guy called Dr. Charles Morgan, where he was talking about um, the possession experiment and how they're able to control people's emotions and, and everything with electromagnetism. So, And it, again, this is at West Point. These are military lectures. So what does that tell you? Yeah, and it's, it almost feels like a, a new uh, growing appendage of the MK Ultra project. Well, that's what it was all for. This is what it's all led for. That's what all these experiments are for. I mean, they don't do these experiments with MKUltra and mind control and stuff because it's just something they want to find out. They do it because they want to use this on the entire population. And uh, that's what they've done. But of course, they need the, the radio signal to do it, which is what 5G is all about. So they sell you these cell phones and tell you it's all about fast downloads. It's not. You know, it's it's for the AI. 5G is for the AI. It's so they've got that bandwidth and that real-time um, connection to everybody. You need that sort of bandwidth to have this real-time connection, you know, and it's gone from the Internet of Things to the intra-body nano network to the internet of bodies to the internet of living things all living things mm. they want it all online everything every blade of grass they want online you know, how are they going to do that spraying nanotech everywhere so yeah it's insidious what they're doing absolutely insidious and the, and the key is that this is all military applications and this is what it's been leading to everything that they've done has been leading to this point and this is what we've been predicting for years and years and, and now it's here i mean ever since the inception of television this is what it's all been about leading to this point max do you see any parallels with our current state of affairs 
and what went down before and during World War II, especially with mass media, propaganda, misinformation, things you see on the internet. Obviously, the way information was passed in the 30s and 40s is different than today. Yeah, I see parallels of what's going on, but it's it's rich. We've, we've totally outdone anything they did with the mind control we're under now. I mean, through television, it's incredible. But I mean, the, the mass hypnosis, the way you've got people, like, like I said earlier, people are literally going out there and killing themselves. You've convinced people to go and commit suicide and to suicide their own children. It's incredible because people simply cannot think for themselves anymore. It's unbelievable, and, and you cannot tell them the truth. They won't see it. I mean, tr- real truth must be realized. It can never be told. People won't believe it, but people can't even see it now, and it's right in front of their faces. Yeah. It's incredible. I mean, I do see parallels, but then I don't believe the official story of World War Two either. I don't believe the narrative. Um, I think there were other reasons um, why people were in that state through those situations. Um, but what we're seeing now, I mean, I think it's unprecedented. It's in every country, every country on earth. I mean, I said back in, in my first film, The Big Picture, that, that World War Three has already started. It's a war of depopulation that's being waged by the governments of the world against the people of the world. One of the main weapons they're going to use to do this is food. And um, this is what we're seeing now. I mean, it's unprecedented what we're seeing from these people. So, I mean, I see certain parallels, but uh, I mean, I, again, I think history is probably wrong as well. And I think they've done these culls before. I've been saying to people for a long time, you're living in a people farm. Um, they kind of raise the flock to a certain point and then they harvest the flock and it's harvest time. I said that back at the start of the pandemic, it, it's harvest time. Really, when you look at the, the 2012 Olympics and all the opening and all that, it's a it's a big uh, coronavirus um, human sacrifice type ritual that they're doing there. You can see they intend to cull a lot of the population. That's interesting. It's just amazing that people are going along with it. But in many ways, like I said, it, they're culling the um, the more stupid people. Um, and if with human, the human race is in a state of spiritual bankruptcy. It really is. I mean, generally speaking, when you look at the state of humans as a whole, you just look at all these angry Karens and all these people out there that are supporting this system so much. How do you improve the state of humanity while these people are still in it? And it isn't really conscientious to get out there and just kill them all. So what do you do? You create a situation where they'll kill themselves. And that's, in many ways, there's, there's good sides to this and there's bad sides to it. You know what I mean? If you really want to look at it from a, a holistic perspective, as much as I love people, a lot of them are stupid. And when you see the amount of Karens out there who believe this, and they're just walking around with blinkers on, how do you improve the human race? How do you, you, you weed out this spiritual bankruptcy that has happened? You know, you've got to create a situation where it's completely polarized and society kind of splits in two. And that's what they're doing from this. But those, when society does split in two, like I said, you're going to have to be completely connected to your life skills. You're going to have to get outside of this system altogether. No technology, no telephones, no smartphones, no internet, none of this stuff. You're going to have to go and live like the Amish if you really want to get through what's coming and hope that you come out the other side. You know, that, that's really what we're headed to, you know. There was something on your website that I read about your thoughts on, well, you linked to a, a link there about children born during the pandemic having lower IQs. Why, why do you think that is? The masks, the masks, the social distancing, the lack of social interaction. I mean, kids are having to go to speech therapists now because they're not, they can't speak. There's like a 358 times increase in children going to speech therapists because children learn to speak by lip reading. Mm. You know, they hear the sounds, but they're watching your face. They're watching how you mouth the words. If they can't see 
how your mouth is working, how you're mouthing the words, then how do they learn to speak? How do they learn to make those sounds? So it's the social distancing, the, the mask wearing, and it's all about lowering the, the intellect, lowering the IQ of the people. I mean, 22 point drop in IQ, that's phenomenal. You know, in, in just a matter of two years, that's absolutely incredible to see that amount of um, intelligence just disappearing from these children. It isn't that they're unintelligent. They just, they, they don't know how to do anything. They've got no concept of what it means to be human. They don't have that love, that interaction. They're not reading facial expressions. So this is insidious and that, that's what it's all from. And that's what, one of the reasons for this. They want a dumb population. They want people that are just smart enough to do what they're told, but are completely dependent upon government. And that's what they're getting. Max, we want to thank you for coming on. It, you have provided us such insight. We went really deep with this and we love it. You have your BitChute channel, The the Crow House. You have thecrowhouse.com. Tell everybody where they can find you, how they can follow you, what you're working on. Well, yeah, you can go to my website, thecrowhouse.com. Click the face to enter and you'll find the links there that I haven't been banned from. I've been banned from just about everywhere. <laughs> banned from Spotify, from Facebook, from YouTube, from iTunes, from Twitter, from LinkedIn. LinkedIn from just about everywhere. But you can still find me on BitChute. You can find me on Odyssey. You find me on Gab, on Minds, a few places. I'm sort of set up here in Mexico at the moment. I'm trying to get started on or get back to work on part two of Transformation, the film that I put out in 2012. Mm -hmm. I've wanted to, uh, maybe 2010, I can't remember when I put it out, a long time ago. I've been wanting to um, do part two of that ever since I put it out. So I'm going to hopefully work on that this year and uh, just continuing doing what I'm doing. But if, if anybody wants to uh, to contact me, uh, good luck getting a response. I get hundreds of emails, but I do try to respond. Yeah, we were very lucky. <laughs> but I, honestly, I've got something like 50, 50 or 60 messages pinned in my email box at the moment for immediate response. And some of them have been pinned there for two months. So um, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, you'll find out everything about me there at thecrowhouse.com and, and happy to come on for a chat anytime, guys. Absolutely. Awesome. And uh, th thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you so much again uh, for coming on. Yes, thank you, Max. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. Hushlings, put your hands together for Slick Frank Sanders and the Molly Wap Band. And good night. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,